This is the Wealthy Retailer Podcast with your host, Dan Holman. Every episode, Dan talks with a variety of retail experts, owners, managers, and so much more, sharing their expertise, their experiences, and the retail topics that matter to you, the independent retailer. The Wealthy Retailer Podcast is brought to you by Canadian Retail Solutions. Learn more at retailbycrs.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, If I missed you last week, Happy New Year. Glad you're able to join us again. Uh, Today, we're going to walk through part two of uh, what we're calling the 12 steps uh, to retail wealth in 2022. These 12 steps that I need you to master to be able to get yourself to that next level in retail. Last week, uh, we covered off the acronym, what is retail wealth? Give you a quick rundown again. Wealth is the acronym that clearly defines our objectives, our output and our performance. We start with winning, meaning we keep score. We know when we're on track and off track. We set out to create wins for our external customer, our internal customer, our partners, and of course ourselves. We practice energy. We are energetic in the pursuit of our vision on the floor, on our team, and in our lives. A is for admired. We believe we believe in the power of admiration. Admiration from our team, our peers, our partners, our community, and our customers. To the degree that we are admired, we do things that are admirable. We need to be admired to become wealthy in retail. L is all about being lean, Uh, not lean like my post-holiday figure, but rather lean, the belief in being lean in everything we do. Lean in inventory, lean in expense, lean enabling us to be nimble and adapt quickly to our changing landscape. Listen, as we start to roll into 22 here and still riding the wave of a pandemic, it's going to take us up and it's going to take us down. And we're, we've got to recognize the changes in front of us. And to the degree that we are lean, we will become nimble or we will remain nimble and able to adapt and adjust to dip, dive, dodge and duck you know, all of these things that are going to continue to come at us as we roll into 22 here. T is about tenacity. We've got to be tenacious. We treat setbacks like anomalies. Listen, you've heard me say this before. We are entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs figure shit out. We treat setbacks like anomalies. We get knocked down. We get back up and continue in the pursuit of our vision. And lastly, H. The H in retail wealth or obtaining wealth is all about happiness being the essential ingredient to all successes. You first have to be happy before you will ever be successful. You've got to find happy moments every day and build from them. If you look at negativity or look for negativity, it's around you everywhere. If you focus on happy, on happiness, you will find opportunities you did not know existed. Winning businesses, successful businesses, they build on their wins, on their victories, on their happy moments not the sad. Okay, uh, a quick uh, review of the first six steps. Number one, and if listen, if you didn't get a chance to join us on last week's podcast, 
Um, don't stop listening to this one. They're not necessarily in any chronological order. They are just the 12 steps that I believe you need to master in 22 to get to that next level. And I'm going to remind everyone there is a white paper on this. Uh, my notes on each one of these steps, a bit of a checklist, if you will, available over at retailbycrs.com. And of course, the wealthyretailer.com. Head over there, grab a copy of this thing. Don't bother scribbling notes down as we chat here today. Um, but grab a copy of that white paper. It will be included with the text in the podcast release and, of course, in the weekly CRS uh, email newsletter that, that comes up. So the first six, six steps that we covered last week, number one, building a vision. You've got to have a vision. Number two was all about retail education. And retail education or professional development needs to be part of your daily activity this year. Uh, number three, step three, was really recognizing your biggest asset and improving that asset, the right people in the right seats, doing the right things. There were five great little takeaways for you uh, on that. You can catch them on the white paper um, or on last week's podcast. Uh, number four was the transition from marketing to influencing for the independent retailer, especially in a more digitally driven world. The power of influencing is in front of us. Step number five, uh, customer experience is everything. You've got to focus on her experience. And my key takeaway in step number five is her experience in store physically and digitally, is far more important to her than the price she is paying. Experience outweighs expense. Step number six, systems define outcomes. You've got to have a selling system in your store, a systematic way that you help her move through the buying phases of dreaming, exploring, and selecting. All right, here we roll. Part number two, um, step seven through 12. Step number seven is your sales volume is consequential and you've got to get to this point of recognition. Too many retailers either misunderstand or simply don't know how to attack sales goals and growth. Also, I'm going to say that we exert far too much energy focusing on the wrong number. Sales volume is made up of three significant measurements in your store. I'm emphasizing significant measurements in your store. Number one, traffic. Traffic, the number of people that walk through your door physically or virtually, digitally, you've got to measure traffic. Number two is conversion or as I like to refer to it, engagement, the number of people that buy from you. And then number three, the average sale, how much on average each customer spends. This is the sales goals and growth uh, uh, formula. Traffic times conversion times average sale equals your sales volume every day. And to the degree you can focus energy coaching and training on each of these components, you will improve your sales volume. Do, do, here's this quick example that I like to use. 
Let's take traffic. 10 people are going to walk through my door today. I have a conversion of 30%, meaning three people buy from me times my average sale of 50 bucks. Well, 10 times 30% times $50 is $150 in total sales. Now, now improve just one component. Let's improve average sale by 10%. Take the same number of people, the same conversion or engagement ratio, 10 times 30%, but sell them 10% more, sell them $55. Well, your sales volume went from 150 to $165, right? Now multiply that across your store. Try applying this math in your store today and see what sales goals are possible. If you're not counting traffic, you cannot count conversion. I don't give two shits about the number of sales you write in a day. I want to know about the number of opportunities. I want to know how many customers brightened your doorway each day. And I need that number to be able to steer improvement. Listen, the only measure of marketing is traffic. It's not how many likes you get or, or how many shares you get. It's how much traffic you get digitally or physically. You've got to know that number. Conversion is how effective you are at connecting with your audience in store virtually or, or physically. And then the average sale is how well you listen and how well you present a total solution to a predetermined need. I will go back and, and remind us that in systems defining outcomes, step number six, we talk about presenting total solutions. An average sale is solely dependent on your ability to deliver a total solution. All right, step number eight, inventory is your biggest asset and your greatest liability. We need to better understand the true movement of inventory in and out of our stores. Most, not most, that's not fair to say, many, many retailers lack clear understanding of how customers truly shop. They're of this misguided belief that they shop by brand, and it's just not true. Customers do not as a rule, shop by brand or vendor, but rather by category and classification. You are the brand that they are buying from. You are the brand that they are investing in. They're buying within categories or classes in your store, regardless of the vertical you are in. And classes or categories are made up of products that are bought and sold on a similar curve. Customers buy outfits, dresses, jeans, tops, sweaters, jackets. You know, they buy furniture, they buy appliances, they buy toys, they buy equipment. Within that, they may think about you know, I'm buying new skis, I'm buying a new cocktail dress, but they're really buying the outfit. They're buying the solution. And looking at your inventory at a categorical level, buying inventory, measuring inventory at a categorical level allows you to respond to her and the demand that's created in your store. You don't just need to think about this way, you need to buy this way. Every inventory decision you make must be made from a categorical perspective. 
and recognize that your brands and your vendors live within these classifications or categories in your store. Our demand, meaning our sales forecast, and our buy, how we, how we build an assortment, how we buy inventory, must be measured by class and then vendor and brand, or rather not by vendor and brand alone. It's got to be looking, we got to look at the class. That's step number eight. Step number nine. Here we are. Uh, second week of January. Markets are back in full force. I, I just had the great fortune to speak uh, here in Dallas. Um, and one of the most fun and sometimes daunting tasks of a retailer's job is going to market. And now they're back. And, and you know what? Hey, we might have a little bit of unicorn variant stuff happening here that messes with this, but we've got to believe that markets are back and we need to be ready. And while there's going to be some slight shifts because of this damn uh, continuing pandemic, markets are back and we got to be there. We've got to figure out a way to be there and be ready. And by ready, I mean prepared. You've got to know what you're looking for, how much you need to spend. Oh boy, did I emphasize that, how much you need to spend. And you got to know before you go what you're going to get out of market. Why are you going? Commit to spending as much time with vendors you know as those, or pardon me, vendors you don't know as those you do know. I better repeat that. Commit to spending as much time with vendors you don't know as you do with the vendors you do know. While there may be an opportunity for us to kiss and hug and high five people that we haven't seen in a couple of years, your job is to raise the bar in your store through buying. And, and markets for me have three takeaways. And I'm somebody that for 25 years has been, has been going to market and more than one market a year. And I always made sure that I had these three takeaways. I go to market to get education, inspiration, and augmentation. I educate myself. I learn something at market. I become inspired by the way products are showcased, the way that they are assorted, the way that they're merchandised. I gather some inspiration. And then augmentation is about me augmenting my assortment, my store, augmenting the classifications, building a better business. Every time you go to market, you have to check these three boxes off. That was step number nine. Step number 10, let's stay at market. Buyers that move from good to great. And I ask this question of my buyers, generally speaking, you know, as we become engaged, you know, and, and in our reviews, I ask this question, are you a good buyer or a great one? And then I'm going to say, listen, what makes a great buyer? What gives great buyers the confidence to succeed? Well, there's really four key takeaways for me. Uh, number one is that they build budgets by classification, as we talked about in inventory. They build budgets by classification, and then they allocate spending to vendors as they rank in the store, constantly testing new products, new vendors. It's never good enough to the, do the same old thing. And listen, you've heard this adage before, you know, do the same thing you've always done and you're going to get less than you've done, less than you've gotten, you know, do the same thing over and over again and expect a different outcome. Hmm, the definition of insanity. Well, we've got to look at, you know, how do we test new products? And you've got to allocate dollars 
in your budget for testing new merchandise. Number two, uh, things that make buyers great is they know their customers and they see themselves as personal shoppers fulfilling those customers predetermined needs and wants not their own they buy what she likes not what they like and when i say they know the customer you know we talked about this you know in 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 a few of the steps now you've got to know where she lives you've got to know who she is and you've got to understand the demographics You've got to understand things like age and income. You know, you've got to know that customer and then buy for her. Number three, uh, good to great in buying. A good buyer, uh, pardon me, a great buyer is prepared for every single vendor or representative meeting, meaning they know their key metrics. And here's my key metrics for every buyer. Sell through, turn, my maintain margin, and most importantly, their cash margin at a vendor, at a class and then a vendor level. These are the key metrics for buyers, sell through, turn, my, my maintain margin, and most importantly, my cash margin. The fourth thing that lets me identify when a, guy, when a buyer has moved from good to great is they become great negotiators. They focus on terms, on co-op dollars, on markdown dollars, and vendor discounting. They become better negotiators. Remember what your competition looks like today. It's not the store down the street. The store down the street is the least of your concern. It's the store that is out there in that digital world that is capturing some of our market share. And we've got to be good negotiators with our vendors. And that speaks to, you know, step number uh, uh, one, or pardon me, uh, uh, core value number one in retail wealth, that's winning. Trade a winning relationship with your vendor and then discounting and markdown dollars and co-op dollars come easily. So step number 10, buyers that move from good to great. All right, let's, uh, let's, let's stay on merchandise and talk about worth-based pricing. Step number 11 is all about worth-based pricing pricing. You've got to master this. Inflation is upon you and it's time to start pricing up if you have not already. Costs are on the rise and I'm going to say significantly in some verticals and we've got to pay very close attention to the landed cost on our new goods. The things that are changing right now for us are all of those things that we don't control. Your freight costs have changed. Uh, um, your brokerage fees, your, your tax and duties are probably changing because the value of goods, not just are the vendors increasing, but the cost of fulfillment is changing. And what lands in your store tomorrow may cost you more than it did yesterday. You've got to take this opportunity to revisit your pricing structure and strategy to begin inching prices up. Just $1 on every item in your store will make a way better vacation. All right, the last thing I'm gonna say about worth-based pricing is that we need to maintain a strategy that places real value on inventory. And we've got to think in terms of retail dollars. That's what she spends with us. What is its retail value? Ask yourself regularly, what will my customer pay for this? And price it that way. Remember, margin dollars come from selling goods, not pricing goods. When it comes to scotch, the older the better and the more I'm gonna pay for it. But that's not the case with inventory. If it's bad, old or tired, 
then get it gone and get it gone fast. Those dried up dollars sitting in your store do nothing for you. Get it gone fast. All right, step number 12, always my step number 12, always the last thing. Perhaps the reason it's last is because it reigns the most supreme, the most important, cash versus profit. The true definition of profitability in your retail business does not come from measuring MMU, NIBDA, EBITDA, or any other crazy acronym we've learned over the time. Over, over our time in retail. It comes from cash. And your cash flow comes from having the right inventory in the right class at the right time and growing those profitable sales in every class in your store, not sacrificing one class for another class. Don't take less in one because you get more in another. Treat each classification in your store like they have this predetermined responsibility to generate positive cash flow. You've heard this before, cash is king. And if that's true, cash is king, then cash flow is our queen. We need to measure every single investment made in our store against the cash that it creates profitability needs to be measured by your bank balance. Taxes are measured by that white paper profit that your accountant creates. Be a better cash accountant. Be a better managerial accountant for your business. Focus on cash. It is the, the needle that moves you forward. All right, those are my 12 steps. So quick recap, step number seven uh, through 12. Seven, sales volume is consequential. You've got to know what makes up your sales. Number eight, inventory, your biggest asset and greatest liability. Number nine, get back to market and be ready. Number 10, become a great buyer, not a good buyer. Number 11, maintain real value focus on worth-based pricing and number 12 cash is king and cash is cash flow is our queen let's become masters in each of these steps put these things on your bulletin board put them on your desktop check them off you know, work through each one of these steps, even if you go through one step a month, knock one off, become a master in one of these areas, reach out for help as needed, send an email to dan at the wealthy retailer.com if you need to, if you need any help. And remember that this white paper is available on retail by crs.com. And we will definitely include a link to that in this podcast recording so that you can download a copy of this. And again, any questions, just fire a note off to dan at thewealthyretailer.com. Make sure you're getting a copy of the weekly newsletter from Canadian Retail Solutions. Uh, Alex and the team there are putting together tons of great information every week. Um, that's me. Uh, we'll look forward to catching you again next week. Happy retailing.